Welcome to the Shepherd King Podcast. We exist to equip pastors and leaders in the local church to transcend beyond current culture, to see government through the lens of the gospel, and engage as modeled in the scriptures. I am Leo Lazzarini. And I'm Greg Baker. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on our Shepherd King Podcast. As you know, we have been delighting in talking about God and government from the scriptures. There's so much that the scriptures have to share with us about government. And this morning, we're going to start a new chapter on our series. And this chapter is The Shepherd. Greg, you mentioned in our last episodes how government has a shepherd, and that's clear in the scriptures. Um, what do you mean by God? Uh, by God has instituted government and has placed shepherds over government. Yeah. So, Leo, sh- first off, shepherding is a, a type of leadership, right? Mm-hmm. God, God has leaders everywhere. Our world has leaders everywhere, and God made three institutions, and each institution He assigned a leader. The father is the leader of the family. The pastor is the leader of the church, and. In historical government, the king has been the leader of government. And shepherding is that, that type of leader that God wants them to be. So the king's a, a bit tricky today, Leo, because there's not very many kings anymore. And a lot of the countries where there are still kings, it's more ceremonial than it is power. For example, England still has a queen currently, but the Queen of England's not making laws anymore. She doesn't have the power that the monarchy had 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. But we cannot escape that the king still exists and have a biblical understanding of government. It's extremely important to know that the king still exists. The king's just not one person anymore. And this isn't uncommon to us. Most churches don't have one pastor. And, we, and I don't want to get into a conversation on church governance here today, but multiple churches, they often have a plurality of elders, have multiple elders in the church. And, and government is more of that kind of a, a presence today. It's more of a plurality of kings, mm-hmm. if you will. Instead of one person making law in the United States, we said 535 members of Congress are going to make law, or your state legislators, a House and a Senate, if you're in Nebraska, just a, a Senate's going to make law. If you live in the United Kingdom, it's a parliament that's going to make your law. And the, the CEO powers of a king, kings used to send out edicts back in their day. Today, we do that through executive orders, mm-hmm. presidents, governors, they sign executive orders, they, they lead the departments, the CEOs of the country. And uh, the prime minister would be that equivalent in a parliamentary system. Or the, the final judge, Paul appealed to Caesar, the highest court in the land. United States, we chose the Supreme Court. In the States, we have Supreme Courts. And there's Supreme Courts all around the world. And these individuals collectively is what makes up that shepherd a government. This is our modern-day kings. And what we need to do is we need to look at each government in the world and find out who holds that power. Greg, that's very good. I think it's much easier for us to identify a sh- the shepherd of the church in the scriptures, but oftentimes it's, we struggle to identify our kings and our governing authorities as shepherds. Can you expand more on what is a shepherd? What does the scriptures what do the scriptures share about being a shepherd? 
That, that's a great question, though. I mean, we've been dropping this word shepherd like crazy, haven't we? But we really haven't unpacked what is a shepherd. Well, a shepherd's a, a type of leader. It's a form of leadership. It's a leadership style. And it's not just any leadership style. It's the leadership style that Jesus chose. It's the leadership style that God expects people to have. And this doesn't only rest in God's institutions, or we've been talking a lot about father, pastor, um, king, but you could be a head of a football team. You could be the main head coach. Mm -hmm. You could be CEO of a company. You can be a head of a club. You could be chairman of a board and still have shepherding qualities. And what shepherding means is this, is this is the way you choose to view leadership. Rather than lead, viewing leadership from top down, so Jesus don't lord your authority over like the other Gentiles do. So it's not top down thinking, it's the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Shepherding is bottom up leadership, meaning I view myself lower than others. I'm going to choose to make myself the least as a lead. I will be the greatest servant of all. I'm going to set aside my needs. I'm going to set aside the needs of maybe a few that I, maybe even the ones I really love and find favoritism with. And instead, I'm going to factor in what is best for the people, for the sheep the scripture often calls collectively. That's, that's great, Greg. Greg, still on the topic of shepherding, how would you describe a good shepherd? Yeah, so a good shepherd is constantly factoring the, the greater need for the greater flock. So we remember when the, in the earlier episodes we talked about Romans 13, 4, government's God's servant for your good. It's talking mm -hmm. that, that collective good. And shepherding is not normal to any of us because we're selfish. So the selfish side of us is constantly trying to put our interests first, and our slightly selfless moments tend to have favoritism in them. So maybe I want to factor in my need and my family's needs first, or my need, my family's need, my friends' needs first, or even a church context, my needs and my church's needs first. But what a shepherd does, a shepherd is able to take the scriptures and discern through them and say, what does the people actually need? What does the collective people need? What is best for the collective? So in the government world, a state representative who is sent by a small group of people to come to their respective capitals, make public policy for their state, the easy thing to do would be, I'm going to just factor in the needs of the people that vote for me, even if it is not what's ultimately best for the state collectively where the good shepherd says, no, I'm going to factor in the needs for everybody and I'm going to make the best decision for all people, even if it costs me everything. A shepherd is ultimately willing to lay down their life and put the needs of others before him. That's awesome, Greg. As you're speaking, it really reminds me of our King Jesus. And I'm excited to expand more on this topic of shepherding. Uh, and our next episode actually will be on Jesus, our perfect shepherd. Before today, Greg, would you mind sharing the scripture verse that you share at the Capitol oftentimes with our governing authorities on um, the good shepherd and the types of shepherd that we have 
described in the word. Yeah, so in John 10, Jesus really lays out three different styles of leadership. And we love to take governing authorities throughout the world through these verses and really ask, what kind of leader are you? And what kind of leader is God calling you to be? So I'm just going to read a little excerpt out of John 10, and I encourage everyone listening to, to go back and read this scripture for yourself. But John chapter 10, and I'm going to start in verse 7. Jesus said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will come in and go out and find pasture. So here's the first type of leader. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so you may have it in abundance. Here's the second type of leader. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Here's the third type of leader. The hired hand. Since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, he leaves them and runs away as soon as he sees the wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. So Jesus here says there is a thief, there is a hired hand, and there is a shepherd. That's a three different ways that you can view leadership. And the thief ultimately is the one who likes the title, they like the power, and they want to lord it over other people. And if we're honest, we all got a bit of a thief inside of each of us. The hired hand is different from the thief, but just as selfish. The hired hand is more worried about saving their neck. They're more worried about their job. They don't have an owner mentality. They have a manager mentality. They're simply there to get the paycheck, and they'll do whatever it takes to keep people happy to get that complacent paycheck. They're people pleasers, and they're complacent. The good shepherd, on the other hand, what drives them is not their job. It's not comfort. It's not nice things. It's not people liking them. And it's also not power and authority. What drives the shepherd is the very people that they were sent to serve. What keeps them up, what keeps them going is people. And the shepherd says, I'm going to lay down my life for people. The shepherd is the greatest servant and they lead by service. That's excellent, Greg. I think for all of us listening to this, we can connect with those principles and types of shepherding as a father or potentially as a pastor in the church. But Greg, help us connect these principles and the type of shepherding to our governing authorities. Yeah, that's... It's often the role we don't think about that often in the church. Like we have parenting seminars, we have seminaries and so many things to equip our pastors, but we often kind of forget that, that third shepherd, right? And that's why we're doing this podcast. So here's, you, you think about government, I'm going to translate this in government terms. What is the, who's the hired hand? The hired hand's the politician, 
This is the person that's dominated by people pleasing and they're dominated by keeping their job. They're going to do whatever it takes to get reelected. If that means compromising, that means standing strong, it doesn't matter. What their main end goal isn't people, it's not policy, it's not ideology. Their end goal is keeping their position. And then you take a look at the, uh, the thief. The thief is the tyrant in government. And sometimes we have that capital T tyrant when we think of those horrific times in human history where some of the greatest atrocities have occurred. But there's hundreds upon hundreds of small T tyrants. These are individuals, they are there because they like power. They like authority. They crave it and they love when they get to use it. And it constantly pushes them. But the good shepherd, on the other hand, in government, this is the statesman. This is the person that decided to pursue government office because they truly want to serve people. They're thinking about people. They think about the needs for people. So they think about the role of public policy and social services and how can we do a better job providing needs for the greater people that I've been given authority over, whether it be a mayor of a town, a legislator in the state legislature, or the president of the United States. Their main motive is people. Mm -hmm. And we've had many statesmen throughout our history. Greg, that's really good. And just thinking about having shepherds in our lives that are laying, laying down their lives in such a way as the scriptures describe, what a blessing that would be. But as you were speaking, it seems so hard to accomplish such type of shepherding as we think as fathers, laying down our lives for our spouses and kids. And, and then in the church, I mean, you pastors listening to your podcast you know how hard it is to just lay down our lives and put aside our preferences. Um, and I can't even imagine for governing authorities. It seems so hard, Greg, to do that. What can you share with us about the, the lim our limitations and, and the challenge of accomplishing good and biblical shepherding? You're exactly right, Leo. It, it is hard, and it's hard for a reason. It's not natural. Shepherding is not our natural leadership position. Now, we're created in God's image. We have moments of shepherding. I mean, there's not like there's a time that a parent is not looking out for the best interest of their child. Of course there is. And there's not a time that people, whether they're at work or at a church or a government leader, they're not looking out for their interests of their people. But we often have desires and conflict. And that is the best that we can produce in our own natures, desires and conflict, where we want to do what's best for people, whether that be our family, our church, or our company, or the state or nation that we're leading. But there's something else warring inside of us where they, my own selfish desires are pursuing and they're being pitted against that. And what is the best that we can produce? A life with mixed reviews. A life where we've made great decisions that are great for people, for our families, and a life where we're just flat out selfish. And often if you break down just one day, you're going to have a day with those mixed reviews, right? Mm. And we, in our own human nature, that is all we can hope to achieve. But the Bible gives us a special challenge. The Bible says to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter 
of our faith. So going back to John 10, he does not say, look at that good shepherd over there. He points out an example of a hired hand. He points out an example of the thief, but he doesn't point out the example of the good shepherd. He points to himself. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the perfect king. He's the king of kings. He's the shepherd king. He is the one that our podcast is about, and he is the one that our government leaders can look to. He is the one that a father can look to. He's the one that pastor can look to. I think of Apostle Paul. He didn't achieve this perfectly. He says, imitate me as I imitate whom? Himself? No, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Christ is the one who has gone before and achieved this. And he has provided us an example, and he's empowered those who believe in him through his Holy Spirit to do it. Apart from a born-again transformation and a sanctification process, we cannot achieve this. All we can give is mixed reviews. Jesus provides a standard for us to rise to. That's very good, Greg. Looking to Jesus is what enables us to obey him and find life, fulfill our purpose. That's so great. I'm excited to talk to you more about our shepherd king, our perfect king, Jesus, on our next episode. And I hope that you can join us as well. Thank you so much for staying with us today. The Shepherd King podcast is brought to you by the Church Ambassador Network, a ministry of the Family Leader Foundation that inspires the church to engage government for the advance of God's kingdom. For more information about the Church Ambassador Network, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, thefamilyleader.com backslash church.